1149. What's incredible about this week's Haftarah is it's talking about Mitzrayim in a much later time in history, which we'll see. And it shows how Mitzrayim was Mitzrayim. It's an incredible point of his. It's like a historical perspective. How the issue Mitzrayim had in the parsha is the same issue Mitzrayim had hundreds of years later, more than that. And it's incredible. The days in the Bukhadnetzar. So it's very, okay, so we'll do what we do always. We'll spend the first few minutes going through the Haftarah and then we'll um, get into the depth of it. So again, the connection. We always start, what's the connection? The connection is this is going to be in a Vua from Yecheskel where just a quick history here. So we all know Mitzrayim really deceived us many times through history. They told the Jews that you rebel against the Muchadnetzar and we'll help you. And the Jews did it. And guess what happened? They didn't help us. And they did it with Sancherev. They did it like the same trick over again. But And we'll see that it's fascinating. It's a double-edged sword. Mitzrayim's held accountable for their lying and not being there for us. And the Yidin are kept accountable. Why do you keep on thinking that Mitzrayim is going to help you? And like you're, we keep on getting taught that we have to turn to Akash Baruch because no one's going to help us. So, and that will tie back in to the parasha of again, when we put faith in Mitzrayim verse in Akash Baruch It's fascinating. It's very, very special. So, and then there's an, just quickly as first the overview, there's an Avua in this week's parasha that Akash Baruch promises the Jews, the Yidin, that he is going to get them out of the Egyptian grasp, which happened at that point, and he's going to get, take revenge in the Egyptians, and then Kali is going to build back up beautifully. So really, the, the story is literally a replay of the story we have. You understand? Way, way later in history. It's incredible. So let's start. Okay? So first, this is the beginning, is where Kosh Baruch Hu first gives a prophecy, Yishai gives a prophecy, that we're going to get back to Yisrael. Koyim HaShem Olikim, Bekapti as Beis Yisrael Mino Amim, Asher Nefoyzubam Begalusam. Okay? So this is going, when Kalal Yisrael is what? Going to come back, we're going to get permission to build the second base of Mikdash, okay? So now we're at the period of time where we're prophesizing about then. That Akash Baruch says, All the nations of the world are going to see how incredible it is that I took revenge. So again, Akash Baruch is prophesizing that, again, this is, obviously this is history. So that this was a prophecy at the time. That we're going to come back after we went, remember, the first Korban happened through who? Through Nebuchadnezzar, right? Babel. And we were out of Eretz Yisrael at the time. And Yechezkel prophesizes that we will be back. We're going to sit comfortably. We're sit comfortably. As the Baruch Hu says, I will take revenge on all those that hurt you. And you, Yin, will know that I am what? I am in charge. And as we'll see through the parasha, what was, as HaKadosh Baruch was taking revenge at the Mitzrayim, 
at the Egyptians, what was coming, what did we gain? I want to be clear before you begin. Parshas Ve'i whoever thinks that Kajbah who brought the ten makas for the nations, for the Mitzrayim, no. Kajbah could have brought one maka, never taken it away, and what would have happened? They would have let us out. Understand that the ten makas were for us. And I will show it to you later in the Aftira. If you go through the ten, everyone understands that they were just, they were all ten parts of the Bria. I think we've, right, the, uh, if you, if you really want to pay attention, right, there, there was the dam, the blood was in the water. Right? There's the water creatures. Kenan was the actual earth, became all lice. Arab is the land creatures. Dever is life and death of animals. Shkin is, li- is health of human beings. You move, move up. Barad is the uh, rains. Arba was all about the winds. Remember, remember about the Arba? The winds blew it in, the winds blew it out. Chayshech is the celestial world. And Machlaris is life and death of human beings. Rabbi Hirsch always used to say this. This is not for the Egyptians. This is for us. And we're going to see this in Haftarah. Kishbaru says, and you will know as I take revenge and you will see the marvelous detail. And I don't have time to go into this tonight, but you know that all 10 Chazal say measure for measure. The 10 Makas were exactly the 10 things that they did to us and how they hurt us. Okay, so just each one. Like for example, they didn't let the women go to the mikvah, so Dam was the water. And it goes on Exactly measure for measure all ten. It's fascinating. You have to come to the pre-Pesach Shirim, okay? You'll have to hold, okay? We can't get into that. And it just goes on and on. So um, understand that this is what the Navi is saying. When you're going to see how Kajbohu gets back at the enemy, you're going to get a chizu. It's exactly what happens again where in this week's parish. Then, um, Pasuk Aleph, Perikov Test is the next Pasuk. This is a Nevoa that a Kajbohu is going to destroy Mitzrayim. Okay, it's the tenth year to the to the to the kingship of Sidkiyoh Melech. Okay, it's the tenth of the month. Okay, and what? It's really the tenth month. I don't know what month that is. Chaydish Teves, Bishnei Masal Chaydish. We pretty close. Just happened. I mean, in our calendar, the twelfth of Teves. Ben Adam. I can't go into this either, but does anyone know Yechezkel's called Ben Adam? Always. Do you know this? Through his whole Sefer? He was a Gilgal of Adam Arishan. I can't go into that tonight. Fascinating fact. You're going to have to hold it. Okay, tonight at least we'll get to all the things we're not going to talk about. Okay? So Ben Adam, Yechezkel's, anytime it speaks about a prophecy with the word Ben Adam, it's always Yechezkel. Through his whole Sefer. Full. Sim Panecha, I'd like you now to focus on Pari Melech Mitzrayim, Vihinove Olav, and prophesize on him on the demise and the falling of Mitzrayim. Now I need your attention here for the next few psukim. We are going to mention the word Yeor. The Nile River, I don't know what you learned in geography or history class. You thought it was something irrelevant. You are going to see now this is the most important part of the Haftarah as well as the Parsha. The whole Makis Pari's always at the Nile, he's away from it. his dreams are about the Nile. Everything's about we're gonna see the word Yairi now. Hashem's first plague is attacks what? The river. Why? And the second one, by the way. Why? So listen to this. He gets labeled Hatanim or Hatanin. There's two different gearses, two different ways of reading it. Hagadol, the big snake. Alligator, if you want to have fun, research Tanin. 
and the various shitas in the Rishayim. Another thing we're not going to get into tonight. Okay, but we're going to try to simply put when you know from Chumash what's a tanin, a snake. When he swallows, when the stick swallows, right? You see it called tanin. Okay, the big snake haroyvets besoich yoyev who's sitting in his yor. What is yor again? Simply the needles. Okay. So again, when you want to label Pari's essence, he's a snake in the Nile. What does that mean? Asher Omar, listen to Pari's testimony about himself. Li Ya'iri, this river is mine. Va'ani Asisini, and I went ahead and I created the entire empire of Egypt. So, very simply put, which we'll get to in depth, Pari says, he doesn't need Hashem. All the other nations in the world need rain. Who's the only one who doesn't need rain? Pari says, God is represent- rain is represented by Hashem. We're going to see this when we get to the uh, in-depth part of the share. Pari says, Aniyari, I, we, we, how did all the fields get irrigated? Through the Nile. Actually, the Yairim are those, are the, to be exactly honest, Yor means the Nile. It also means, we'll see, because you use it a lot of times in plural, Yairav. It's those um, channels that were dug that would irrigate the fields from the Nile. So it's all that combined. Now, this is what he's called. So again, what's the issue with Pari? If I would have asked you, you could have written a whole paper on it, right? What does the Navi say? What is it? What is Hashem's issue with Pari? Li Yairi says what? I... And yes, I see the I created Gaiva. I don't need Hashem. By the way, when you look back at the Chumash, this is the same song the power earlier saying. Who's Hashem? Mi Hashem, Hashem, right? Let's move on. Vinasati, this is very strong language. Chachim. Chachim are these um, hooks, like a ring that they used to put around the fish. Belachyech in your cheek. Behidbakti de gasio irecha bekashkisho your, the fish in your yard, which are your fellow Mitzrayim, are going to get, this is really pure poetry, are going to get stuck in your scales. Okay? And I'm going to take you out of your river. That's called the God's Yerech and all your people. Understand the poetry? Instead of saying, I'm going to take you and throw you out of Egypt with your people, which is what happens eventually. He speaks in very, I'm going to take you as the big tanin, the big fish, the big snake, whatever. And I'm going to have your Mitzrayim, your Egyptians, entangled in you. And I'm going to pull you out of your yard. And again, you see how important this is that Pari is in the river again. Okay? And then the Pasi goes back on land. I will throw you out of your land. Again, all the fish of your pond. What are his people always called? The fish of his pond. You will fall. You will fall. And what's going to happen now? You're never going to get collected again. And you're going to be you'll be eaten, you'll be left for food. Now, what's the reason for this? And now the Pasi shares with you what I shared with you earlier, that they betrayed Klai Yisrael time and time again. They'll all know I don't know what a kana is, a reed. You were support. You ever tried to support yourself on a reed? Please don't. So, because Baruch was calling Mitzrayim, you were supportive to Klai Yisrael as a reed, which means zero. 
Lebeis Yisrael. B'tav Sambach, when they reached out to you, B'kaf, Kaf, how does a person hold on to a stick? With his palm. Kaf is a palm. Tayrites. And you know what you did? Tayrites. You fell down. You pretended you couldn't have a handle. Ubakatalam kokosev. When they leaned on your um you you, you your shoulder broke the Shonamalacha. That's very, very poetic uh um uh haftaira. That your shoulders collapsed when they gra- grabbed onto it. And what? And when they leaned on you to shove you broke, and you left them stranded. Hashem says, Hashem, and he may be alike, I will bring cherev, I will bring a sword, we're going to get totally, totally uh, destroyed. Imagine the world power of Mitzrayim, which was always, will become, what does the Shmama mean? Desolate. The Kharva. So just the Mepharsha, the Shmama means no people, and Kharba means no animals. The Yadu again, Kenya Hashem, Yan, Paro again, Omar Ya'ir leave on Yazizi. You understand? You see this again? But the Yor, never knew played such a big role. But this is the whole thing. Lachain, the passage continues on, Hini Elecha Ba'o Yairecha, I'm going to take to your river of Nasatis, Eretz Mitzrayim, Lacharavites. And we don't have time to go on. This is just repetitious about how desolate it's going to be. And I, I can't, just the time doesn't allow us as, you know, to go through Pasekut Aleph, Pasekut Beis. Again, it's all the same thing. Now, there is one interesting thing in Pasekut Beis I want to share with you. Where is the number 40? It says it will be desolate for 40 years. Then we'll know a number 40. Just a quick math on the Medrash. Mitzrayim was supposed to have a famine, according to the Medrash, for 42 years. Where does the number 42 come from? How many times has Paro's dream repeated? Three. Once he said it to Yosef. Then Yosef went ahead and what? And um, told it back to him, right? So at first when he dreamt it, the Torah says it three times. When he dreamt it, when he told it to, to Yosef, and when Yosef told him back. Each dream had the seven skinny cows and, this, and the seven weak crop. And Chazal tells us that was 42, seven, seven, three, right? Six times seven is 42. How many years was there a famine in Mitzrayim? Two years. It says clearly Yaakov came down after two years, and what happened? It stopped. So there's a bill to be paid of 40 years, which Hashem, in the schus of Yaakov, said, okay, as long as you're good to the Jews, I'll, buy, I'll waive it. What happens when you uh, go back on your policy? You're going to pay those 40 years. Just understand that everything has to be perfect. In Torah, there's no 99%. It's not 100%. That's not true. That's where the number 40 comes. But then, just very quickly, in Parikud Gimel, Parikud Gimel, it says that after 40 years, Akash Baruch is going to collect them. They're going to come back, but they'll never be a world power. That means they're going to go back to life after 40 years, but they're never going to be back to where they were. Interesting? Now, Pasik Tezayin, he explains why. Because Klai Yisrael should never make the mistake of leaning on you again. The, the measure for measure was they made the mistake by leaning on you so many times. So you know what we're going to do? We're now not going to allow you to get to that position again. That was the measure for measure punishment. You will never be a world power that Klai Yisrael is ever going to lean on again. Okay? In Pasuk Yitzayin and Yudches, it speaks about how Nebuchadnezzar is going to get all of the booty all of the gold and silver of Mitzrayim. And um, 
Pasuk Yutes. Makosh um, Baruch says he could take it all. And then I'm going to finish off with a pleasant, beautiful Pasuk, the last Pasuk in the Haftarah. Bayoimahu. Oh, this is the Nebuah. Speaks about loss and loving. Atzmiach Karen Lebeis Yisrael. Klaizo will flourish. They're going to see how the Nebuah is happening. The Haftarah sheds much light into what's going on in the parasha. The entire parry, anti-parry going on, we're going to see now is, is that parry went ahead and says, I am in charge. And the Yidden of living in Mitzrayim are getting sucked into that. And they need to go through an education before they leave Mitzrayim that that's not the case. Okay, so we're going to see exactly what happened continues on. Okay. Now, what what do we know, now that we did the Avtari, what do we know from the Chumash about the Ur? Okay? What do we know about that? Okay? So, we all know that Pari said he's a god, right? The first thing we're taught. And we all know he used to go to the Nile every day, take care of what he had to do, and he would deny that he ever needed to use the bathroom. That was Pari's big thing, because that he decided that that's what gods don't do. This is his his, his his idea of a god. Okay, and again, understand that, again, he used the Yor as a what? That was his facade. That was his spiel, right? Just trying to bring out where we see the... Okay, tells us the Redak on these Sukkim that we just did. That the only reason he was able to convince himself he was a god, as I mentioned to you, is because he said, I built the infrastructure. We have our own infrastructure and we don't need God. Okay, that's what he, that was his problem. Now, what's amazing is, does anyone know what happened after Yaakov came down to Mitzrayim? Yeah, yeah, in honor of Yaakov, what happened? When Pari came to the Nile, what happened? It rose up to him. That was a bracha, that was a bracha that Yaakov gave him. Now, that should have been what? He lessened to him that someone above, but guess what? He took it as what? So I want to ask you a question. Does anyone know why Hashem chose Mitzrayim over every other nation in the world to send us to? Just curious. You ever thought about it? Why Mitzrayim? So the Shach and many other Mepharshim say the land that had the most black magic was Mitzrayim. They were kings. The Gemara tells us in Mitzrayim every kid is a Gemara. The kids knew how to do magic. The kids were able to turn things into other things. It was like a, it was the epitome of magic, of Kishof, what we call in uh, in um, Hebrew, was in Mitzrayim. So why is that? Because had it happened in any other nation, what would people have said? Ha-ha. Of course there. But if it would have happened in Mitzrayim, never would have happened. Understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu dealt with that. I'm just going to give you another example. I don't know what day we left Mitzrayim. The 15th day of which month? Of Nisan. You know why Hashem chose that day? What did the Egyptians worship? The sheep, right? You know this? What month constellation is this says the sheep? Nisan. What day is the strongest that the mazel is? The 15th day. So, Akash took us out on the strongest day. Why? Could it be any other day? What would they say? Uh, if you would have done it, not. same thing as why Hashem brings down to Mitzrayim. It was beyond a shadow of a doubt. For us, again, this is for us. 
Let's forget about them. We're not in this for them. We need to know this. We need to say this. So Klai Yisrael has to know that the, in the most powerful place of Mitzrayim, where there's black magic and all that stuff, we were able to pull this off. That Kodesh Baruch, you understand? This is why it's um, it's fascinating. I don't know if you if you pay attention to some place in Davening, when it comes to Mitzrayim, we speak about Admas B'nei Cham. <laughs> we happen to talk about Cham. And it's very interesting because um, Cham had two children, Kish and Mitzrayim. And they had countries right near each other. And they had a huge fight where the border, I mean, brothers occasionally, right? And they fought where the border was of Mitzrayim and Kish. And you know when the fight ended? By Marcus Tefardea. Why? Because everybody saw exactly what, where the borders went. And they said, this is Admas uh, B'nei Cham. You understand? And what's fascinating is, Chazal tell us that they created the other side, the Kish side went, and they created frogs on the other side to, to disprove it. And we know what happened? All the frogs they created with magic came over to the side. So that's why everyone came around. Till Pari, so as the markets went along, the Egyptians were coming around. Pari was just, he had the hardened heart. You have to realize that they were starting a little civil war and an uprising as time was going on. That's something that's very important to understand. Because as these markets were going on, more and more people were obviously recognizing that what? But I'm just showing you that... Who? And Kish. That wasn't the same Kish, but it's the same name. I, But the, the, it says, if you look at the... Kush, maybe. Maybe make no mistake. It's Kush. Uh, if you look at the Pesukim over there, way back, it says that the Cham had kids. Kush, I think, and Mitzrayim. Now, so, the just an interesting fact. When Hashem tells Moshe to meet Pari for the first time at the at the river, does anyone know what Hashem tells him? He tells Moshe, take your stick with you. And all the Mepharshim ask, why does he need a stick when he's going to the river? He was not bringing any markers at that time. And some of the Mepharshim say an unbelievable thing. I don't know, do you guys know anything about magic? Dark magic? Not really. The Gemara Sanhedrin tells us that black magic does not work. Water destroys. On top of water, magic doesn't work, only on land. So you learned something interesting about black magic tonight. Okay, now Paroi thought... Who remembers when he did that whole thing in last week's parasha with the stick and the snake? Went back and forth. Pari said that stick must be magic. What happened was, he went ahead and he used this stick. Because Baruch said, do it over water. So Pari sees, it's fascinating, that your stick is not magic. You have to realize that when Moshe turned the stick into a snake, there's a lot to talk about on that specific nace. But he was like, eh. they, they were doing this stuff. So, because needed to keep on proving the virus, he actually just showing you that the irony is that on top of the water, on top of the null, uh, magic didn't work. It only worked on land. But anyway, um, the there's a lot of symbolism, by the way, just as an aside, there's a lot of symbolism to the stick. And one of you ever wondered why, Paris called the snake, why did Hashem make... The first time Moshe meets him, what was Pshat? That it went from stick to snake to stick. You ever wonder about why Hashem chose those things? Because Pari was wondering, why is Hashem out to get me? Didn't he want me to do this? And Moshe tells him, you was asked to be the stick. Stick has no personal agenda. It's only to be the stick of, of, of the hitter. Hashem said, yeah, we'll use Mitzrayim as a backdrop. You turned into a snake. 
This is a lesson to Pari to explain him, before I should say, why he, why he, he was like, what happened? What you mean was, you were asked to be the stick of Hashem, and go ahead. Because everyone asked the question, didn't Hashem tell Pari to do this? Yes. There's a difference between doing it and then going the extra mile in this case, and doing much more than Hashem asked him. So he was, it's funny, the stick is the representative of just be a stick of Hashem and not be your own snake and your own entity. That was just a, a very interesting um, thing. Now, so, if you pay attention, Parai never went into the Nile. If you look at all the Pesukim, it says he only went to Svasayor. Okay, it's fascinating. The only time you find Parai in the middle of the water is when? In his dream. Because that was his nightmare. The worst thing that could have possibly ever happened to Parai is he ended up in the, in the, in the, in the river. Why? Because remember, magic doesn't work in the river, the water tells us. It was always Svas Hayam. Okay? So, I want to expound for a few minutes on why magic does not work in the, in the river and what's the whole meaning of this whole Ya'ar. As I proved you from the Haftari, this is the main theme. The idea that water, the R is important and why Hashem made that magic doesn't work in water, this is all two sides of the same coin. Allow me to explain. What does the word Ya'ar mean? When I want to think for a second. Ya'ar. What's the root of that word? Light. What's another word for river? Nahar. What does Nahirah mean? Nahar is light, lit up. Okay? Why is water called Ar and Nahar? You ever thought about it? Strange. No? I mean, if, if you have no issue at all, I can go to the next question. I'm just saying, this is, this is propelling. Both words, Ar and Nahar, is... Okay? And Ramban brings over here a bunch of psukim that rain is called light. What's the shot? If you look at the Tfilas Geshem, you'll see we say right in the beginning, first paragraph, we say, Yafitz Anon Oiroi, that the clouds will bring light. Very strange, that's called, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's an incredible thing. Or it represents rain. Why? So I want to share with you a little bit about the depth of, of rain and water. Okay? As I mentioned earlier, every single thing in nature, Kach Baruch put on a system, day and night. Sun, winter, summer, everything runs on a system. There's only one thing that does not run on a system. What is that? Rain. Rain does not run on a system. Why? As a matter of fact, for those of you who remember Pashas Vrashas, who remembers Hashem did not bring rain till when? Till Adam asked for it. He says, till it was requested to Rashi Pashas Vrashas, it does, nothing came. Till today, when Hashem wants to show he's happy or unhappy, what's his mechanism? This is a Kajbarku's way. How does Hashem talk to us? There's an entire Masechta called Masechta's Tainus. 30 blot. All it talks about is all the Agadah and the Allah is when you fast for no rain. And the Gemara goes into by detail. This is Hashem's system of talking to us. Rain means things are great. No rain means we're not doing what Hashem wants. It's a very simple system. Okay? So that's why perhaps it's called Nahar or Ya'ar. Because rain, water, lights us up to see the what? There's Hashem. That's why perhaps it's called Nahar or Ya'ar, and that's why rain. Now, as I mentioned, there's only one nation in the world that never saw this light. Never saw the light of Akash interaction in the world. Who is that? Mitzrayim. As you mentioned, Mitzrayim did not have what? So how would Akash show that he's in charge. Only one way. 
he took water and said, magic won't work on water. So he used water again in Mitzrayim to show that he's in charge. Remember, there's no rain. I mentioned the Gemara tells us that magic does not work in water. Why? Water is Hashem's. And therefore, just like what? Rain was used for the rest of the world. How was water proved? How did the, how did the Mitzrayim, you have to remember, if HaKosh Baruch is going to hold it against them, where did Hashem show the Egyptians that he's in charge? He made that over water, what? There's no, um, uh, it, it won't work. You understand? Now, why did Pari's dream about the Parnassa, what was, what did Pari's dream, what was the setting of Pari's dream about the famine that's going to happen? He's on the river. What, what did the river have to do with this? Did the cows or the, or the, or the, or the um, what's it called, the bundles of grain have anything to do with river? Nothing. Do, do, do things grow on the water? Not cows don't hang out on the water. He's on the water with them. Why is it that the dream he's going to have about the famine that's going to be in Egypt and Mitzrayim, why is that all or? Because again, what does your or represent? HaKadosh who's in charge of Parnassah of the world. You understand? That's why he had the dream on the or. And what was the lesson that Yosef came to teach him? He came in that he's in charge. What did Yosef say before he gave the interpretation? What was the one word Yosef said? Bil Adoi. What does that mean? I have no idea what this dream is. Hashem Yan Neshlam Pari. He was coming to teach Pari a lesson. Buddy, wake up, literally, and smell the coffee. Wake up from your dream. Because Baruch Hu is showing you that you're going to have a famine. This is the guy that said, I'm in full control. No one's ever going to affect the Parnassah and Mitzrayim. Really? Wake up. And he says, when he asked him, how are you going to have the interpretation of my dream? He says, I won't. It all comes from above. And this was what? This was Hashem's way of showing him that he's in charge. Why did Hashem make that when Pari went to the water, it rose when Yaakov was there? Trying to show him, hello, yes, you don't need rain. But remember, don't say li'ayri. Remember the words of the Navi? Pari said, it's all mine. No, it's not. And that's something you really need to um, understand. Interestingly enough, who's ready for this? Does anyone know what money is called? <coughs> One of the words of money is damim. Damim in, in, in the Gemara means either blood or money. And the first one asks, why is money called blood? And the answer, what was the first thing Clyde saw made money on in history? Your kids never came home with the cup, with the half. Who remembers when you were in school? Maybe it depends on the school you went to. Where there was one cup, half red and half, half blue. And the Egyptian, they drank out of the same cup. They drank blood, we drank water. The Jews' only way they had water was how? When they paid. So again, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's showing. This is fascinating. All, the first time we made money, which is why it's called Daman, the Mepharshim tell us. Because we made money for the first time through the R, HaKadosh Baruch Hu brings Parnassah to Kaleishal. It's just You have to realize what's, what's going on here. Tell you something amazing, okay? Um, there's a question: What bracha do we make when we eat bread? The Gemara Masechet Brachas. I will not put you through the whole Gemara. It's late. The Gemara has a debate if the right word would be mitzi. Hamitzi is past tense. He who took out bread. What does mitzi mean? He's currently doing it. 
Why are we talking about past tense? And the Gemara brings a pasuk where Hamaitzi means past and present and Maitzi. It's an entire Gemara. But to make a very, very long story short, the Gemara says, no. You know why we say Hamaitzi? Because we want to remember a pasuk on this week's parasha. Hamaitzi ezchem mitachas civilis mitzvahim. Hashem, it says the word Hamaitzi there. Hashem took us out from the hardship of Mitzrayim. Any connection yet? Why? Again, the whole Habracha Maitzi, which the Rishonim say clearly should really be Maitzi, if you want to talk from a diktuk perspective. Why do we say Hamaitzi? So Mepharshim say, Taisa says this, that even though Maitzi would be better, and you're Yitz if you say Maitzi, Hamaitzi serves the purpose more. Because then when you pick up your bread, you will say, Hamaitzi Azchem, that who, the who took us out of Mitzrayim. I mean, Mitzvah is mentioned in everything. Like, could, can I have my piece of bread with that? What, what's the, why does even my piece of bread have to be Zechel Tzies Mitzrayim? What's the answer? The answer is very simple. What was the lesson we learned in Mitzrayim? Who's in charge of Parnassah? Mm-hmm. When we had all, remember I just went through the 10 things of nature. All those things in nature, what did we see? They are all, Klai Yisrael learned that Hashem controls winds, rain. Oh, remember that whole list? When did we learn that? That was a prerequisite to getting out of Israel. When a Yid is sitting in Boston in 2023, about to cut into their slice of bread, the inspiration is, it's very easy to say, I make a good living. Imagine if you were a farmer. I planted, I cut. Obviously today's a little bit different. The challenge is different. No, 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 no. Remember, Hamaitzi Lechem in Aretz is what? Hamaitzi Eschem Mitachas Sivayis Mitzrayim. And this is something that's uh, really something that someone has to think about. And can't go through this now, but I just taught, I teach the boys, Mishnah Buruch Beis, I just taught Hilchus Betzias Apas. It goes through a bunch of psukim that have 10 words in it. Because the bracha of Hamaitzi has 10 words. And it goes through, a person should have in mind 10 different uh, things. And it lists off all the things. And it's against the 10 markers. Remember the boys, what? what? The brach of Hamaitzi has 10 words connected to 10 markers. What does this have to do? Does everything in Judaism have to be exact number? Yes. Why? The 10 markers is why we, we when we were taught Forget the Mitzrayim. Now what? The Pari was saying that he's his own power and he has his own Parnassah. He doesn't need HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was the great snake in his Ya'ar, which he thought was his God. We got Chizuk, that there's no such a thing. And that our rain comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And wind, everything that the whole world needs comes from where? Comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. This is why there's a halacha that you're supposed to hold, as I mentioned, the bread, many people don't do this with your ten fingers. Connected again, the ten uh, um, the ten words in Hamaitzi, and the number ten plays that big role to remember the ten makas. The ten makas is a lesson you're not supposed to have learned as a child, or even this week's parasha, and forget about it. When you sit down to your bread, to your parnoso, those ten, that has to, remember that's what we learned in this week's Haftar. The, and remember, the lesson is not mighty, it's Hamaiti, Hashem, who is the one who is mighty Lachemar. I'll just finish with uh, one thought. 
the Chassam Sefer says a tremendous diak that I want to share with you. It says in the Pasuk, Hamoitzi Eschem, Mitachasilas Mitzrayim, and then it says, Ani Hashem, and then it says, Veivesi Eschem Ala Oretz, Avanisatchem, I'll give you Eretz Yisrael, Ani Hashem. It says again, Ani Hashem, Am Hashem. Why here? And then after I give you Eretz Yisrael. It says the Chassam Sefer something amazing. When we were in the Midbar, we were in the desert, was there any temptation or any Nisayan to say that yadi, that we did it? In Midbar, where was our food from? Where was our clothing? Everything was from Hashem. When does it say Ani Hashem again? Because Baruch says, in Asati Rasha, I'm going to put you back in Deretz Yisrael. And then it's again Ani Hashem. What's the lesson? That after I give you your land in Deretz Yisrael, you're going to stop planting what I need you to remember. I need you to remember Tani Hashem. So, just so we come out with Elamaisa. The battle in the Parsha with, with Pare, where we need today to get Chizik from, is that the Yidin were taught and internalized that all parts of the Bria, the ten aspects of the Bria was what? Smokosh Baruch. Who is the antithesis to this philosophy? Who's the mamash on the other side who said none of this is to do? It was the Nile. What do we want from this poor Nile? What did the Nile do wrong? The Mitzrayim worshipped. We know why was Makas down the first Maka? So Rashi brings down from because Hashem says the first I'll attack their God. Their God was the Nile. God means where you get sustenance from. We say, They in the Nile. Understand why there's so much has to do with the. I, I didn't go through all of it, but if you go through the Chomish, you'll see how much this Nile, this river, becomes such a big part of the parasha. And even more so in the Haftarah. Remember, water, rain is where Hashem shows us He's not, He's in control. And in Mitzrayim, Kishbaruch, who had that little snippet to show He's in charge, remember the Gemara tells us? Magic dissolved over water. It worked everywhere, not on the water. This is where Kishbaruch was able to show the Egyptians a little bit. And guess what? Harry knew all this. He chose his guy was more important. So what's interesting to remember is what was the reason Akash Bahu chose to destroy him? It's explicit in the Navi and it's implied in the, in the parasha. When a person says Mi Hashem, when that defiance, not what he did. It's a, from all the things Parry did wrong, what was the one thing he's called out on by the Navi? Let's think of our own little lives. Our own little Nisayim. We want bracha from HaKash Baruch. Who gets bracha? A person who could pick up his bread and say, and thinks back to HaKash Baruch. And remember, we're so busy with Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim. And can't go into, why? Why is everything Zechel Yitzhiyaz Mitzrayim? Shabbos. Because the Yitz told, don't work on Shabbos and you won't be affected by Parnassah. That doesn't make any sense. How do you explain that? I get paid by the hour. Could someone tell me how it makes sense if I get paid by the hour, I'm not going to make more money working on jobs? Guess what? It's a fact. Where does that come from? This, so don't think this is just a lesson of Pari. This Shabbos morning, I said in Shul that the Ramam wrote a beautiful letter to his son, that the Yetzirah, the Ramam himself, to his son, is called Pari. He says he's the Pari within us. He goes on to say, Mitzrayim is our body, on the Shama, the Rambam gets very, very poetic, incredible Rambam. And he tells his son, look at what went on in Mitzrayim, that's the Yetzirah today. This Yetzirah is still going on. We all have that little 
And I mean, not uh, let's talk about everybody else, not us, everyone besides us. I always say it's much more fun. Has that little, you know, the, the Gemara says the hardest tefillah is mincha. And it's the most powerful tefillah. Why? Because in the morning you wake up, you know, you got your neshama back, you believe in Hashem, and now you're so worn. During the day when you're in the middle of working and you're in the middle of closing a deal or you're in the middle of convincing someone of something, it's like that good feeling of any Hashem. You know, this is the, Remember, bracha comes when you believe that. All the tzaras that came on Pari later on, and this expression came from what? As long as she was still stubborn. And guess what? Sometimes we're still a little stubborn. You know, because Baruch decides this for us, and we, we're going to fight it. We're, we're not sure we're, all that ends up happening is you just, you just come out a little more bruised. You know, nothing. We're going that way anyway. Stop. Come to that, and you'll see it. Parnasa uh, comes from above. Um, if you have to, have to. I'll just. If you want, I'll, I'll end with a story, just because it's such an amazing story. And it's a very personal story. Um, if you want, uh, yeah, the share is finished. No one has to go. The story happened. Um, my father passed away. Just I was talking about the Parnassa comes from above. You might have heard it. I, I did say it over in the past. But my father passed away about eight years ago. About seven years ago. Not even. Actually, it was like a half year after he passed away. There's a Yated written in Hebrew in Israel that came up with a story. And the story um, there's a, is a Shabbos section that's written by a rabbi named Rabbi Helman. And he wrote the following story. He wrote, I'm looking for a man named Yosef Halpern. If anyone knows a Yosef Halpern from New York, please contact. My, bro- my brother's father happened to have saw this. I, saw, I have a copy of it in my email. Looking for Yossi Halpers, the sixth month of the So obviously he sends it to my brother. My brother reaches out and says, Rabbi Man, what, why are you looking for him now? He just passed away. He says, I've got to tell you a crazy story. He said, I was sitting in a taxi. As you do if you have one to as well, usually the taxi drivers are the smartest people in Israel. Just they were prime minister. Oh, there'll be no problem. That's why the taxi drivers. But anyway, so they always say, right, you have to smooth them. They, they don't let you ignore them. Try it. It doesn't work. So the taxi driver was going on. And Rabbi Man asked him, so what's your story? He says, I'm not true. I'm from my kids are all in yeshiva today. He says, can I ask you, what's your story? So he said, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't with Shem Shabbos. About uh, 20 years ago, I went to pick up a, a guy from uh, Tel Aviv, from a hospital. I took him to Bnei Brak. And he says, the guy saw that I was working for a non-Shomer Shabbos taxi company. So he turns to me and he says, I'm just curious, uh, this man asked me, so you're not Shomer Shabbos? He says, I can't. I have four children at home and a wife. I just, I'd love to be home Shabbos. And have, you know, he's a traditional Jew. I just, I can't do it. He says, why not? He says, financially. It's a full day's work. So the guy looks at him and says, listen to me. I live in America. I do well. Can I become a business partner with you? He says, what? You become, you join a Shomer Shabbos company. And I promise you, every single month, you'll tell me how much you make less. It's on me. My name is Yazi Halpern. I live in Brooklyn, New York. Here's my name and number, and I promise you, I will send you a check. And he says, it won't be every month. I'm not going to send it at the end of the year. Guy says, great. He switched over the next day. He says, a no-brainer. I'm getting to sit home with my kids. He wasn't a guy that was anti-chas v'shom. Anyway, so this private man's eyes are wide open. He says, okay, so what happened? Did he ever send the money? He says, nope. I have to be honest with you. I never made less money. And I only made more, the same or more, since in those 20 years. I never made less than that money. He says, how do you explain? He goes, I can't. It doesn't make sense. Fact, I 
took on Shalom Shabbos. I never had to ask him for money. So eventually I lost contact. I lost his, I didn't need him. I lost contact. I remember his name is Yossi Halbahamil. I'd love to tell him that my kids today are in yeshiva because of him. This was a story of my father. He was not a rabbi. He was not a simple Jew. Just turn to the guys, I'll cut a deal with you. Amazing story. Unfortunately, I, my father hit it. After he was niftar, I made it come out. Taxi, my brother went to meet. My mom is thinking one of my brothers went to meet this guy because he works in, in a company, Brock taxi company. So we're saying that Shabbos is, you know, Zechel Tias Mitzrayim, because welcome run Parnaza. The man says, I work 24 hours less, and I never made less than that amount, and most months I made more. And then you have a pare saying that I'm in charge of Parnaza.